You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody. I am back for another episode, and today I've got something a little bit special for you. In the last episode, we talked about goals, and today I've got an interview with a collector who's got a very ambitious goal, and that is to collect one million Cubs cards. I sat down with Bo Thompson at the National in 2019, and today I'm going to play that interview for you. So here it is. So you and I both grew up within 40 miles of each other or something (laughs) in in central Illinois, Um, and it seems like that area is split half Cubs and half Cardinals, at least yeah. down where I was. It was half Cubs, half Cardinals. And we know the Cubs are your focus of your of the of the project, but how did you become a Cubs fan to begin with? Oh, man, it was probably – I was born in 82, so I was too young to, to be around for the 84 season. Um, but like 85, 86, I was three, four years old. I had a babysitter who um, – her husband was a diehard Chicago fan. And he would basically read Vineline and Sports Illustrated and, and the Tribune. And, you know, I was four years old and I could name off as a four-year-old the, the Cubs lineup. And, and my dad was, was a Cubs fan, so he would always have the games on. And it was just Harry Carey was the soundtrack to my youth. Okay. So that's kind of how it all began at such a young age and, and being in, in more northern Illinois. Um, that was just kind of just growing up around it. it. It just, I was a sponge for Cubs baseball. And, you know, I, I think we look back now and, you know, we, we get sentimental and think back to our youth and our childhood. Um, and summers are always, you know, that's when you're, especially in Illinois, where, you know, yep. we have a little bit of time. So the summers were family and picnics and, and being outside and, Harry Carey and Cubs baseball was always in the background to those, you know, birthday parties and picnics and campouts. So I think it just kind of all melded together, and, and that's how it became an obsession. Family was the, the primary driver. And that was for me, too. That was my, my grandma was a Cubs fan, and that's what ultimately converted me into to being yeah. a Cubs fan. And so, yeah, I get, I get that. And so what you had mentioned before that you used to collect – more or more things you know a broader range you had a different focus of your collection what was the inspiration to get that focus narrowed into the current project of of going after a million cubs you know i think the the ultimate you know light bulb moment was i buy a lot of collections and i think you do the same Um, craigslist facebook marketplace and i had you know acquired over a million trading cards um, of all sports and non-sports and many of those you know you buy some of these and you know 90 percent is going to be 80s and 90s the junk era you can't sell it so I think once I got to that point I realized that what am I going to do with these you know I'm a collector I'm not going to throw them away Mm -hmm. Um, you know I donated some give some to the neighbor kids but I in the past have done bulk trades and dating back to the the 90s out of the back of tough stuff magazine um so i i'd done some uh bulk trades so i figured hey i 
can sort these out and I have several thousand Yankees cards. I know there's Yankee team collectors. So that's kind of the the inspiration behind the actual project was how can I get rid of all of these cards yep. and, and get something in return that, that I like. Yep. Um, so it just kind of kind of how it spawned and a million just because it's a big number or yeah, a, a big audacious goal it's a big number um it's a good milestone mm-hmm. and um that's basically how many cards at the time i started that's probably how many cards total i had I got it. Yep. so it was kind of like i'm gonna flip these million cards for a million cards and since then that was in december 2017 i've probably acquired another million in the last two years yep. so which makes for good trade bait. I don't right. have to dig yeah. and, okay, sorry, I don't have a thousand right. Pittsburgh Steeler cards. Right. <laughs> now I do. So you're a couple of years into the process, or a year and a half or, or two years into the process. Uh, what has surprised you about the project so far? That I have continued to do it. I am, throughout my card collecting, I have been ADD with my purpose in collections I don't I haven't in the past stuck to you know a certain collection I'll get bored with it sure so I've had several different collections throughout I think with this it it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's kind of brought me back and I wrote a a story about a year ago on the blog about how I've kind of rediscovered the joy Mm -hmm. of collecting that we all had when we started uh, in the hobby and then just the the feedback, meeting people, uh, yep. meeting you, and uh, the about the cards guys, and there's so many people on social media that you interact with yep. so often, and and that's another um, facet. There's just so many facets to the project that I enjoy. Obviously, the acquiring Cubs cards is is fun, <laughs> right? And seeing you know them come in, but then on the other hand, helping other collectors and seeing their happiness when they get a card that oh i can't believe you sent this i never saw this because i know how that feels when i see a cubs card come in my mailbox like oh this is awesome um so just sharing that that trade so there's just it's it's hard to like nail down one specific thing about the project there's just so many different things going on with it that um it's a lot of fun and i'm a numbers guy so i like you know that's you know i think goals should always be backed by you know quantifiable um, numbers and so to to see those numbers rise and sometimes I go a week without getting any Cubs cards and it's like oh man but then the next week there's 5,000 come in so to see those numbers tick up is always fun cool similarly I guess along those lines we know the goal of the project right the ultimate goal is is to hit that million cards but did you have or do you have goals and or strategies about the how, like how you go about accomplishing it, how, you know, whether it's not just like via trades and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but also the strategy with your blog and your social media interaction and the, the other peripheral things that go sure. with being Bo, the person who's going after a million Cubs cards. Were there, are there other things related or, or affiliated with the effort that, that you are intentionally trying to to do you know it it started out I didn't have anything but as it just kind of grew I wanted to help other collectors because as I built a following on on Twitter and that's kind of the main I need to get into Instagram because 
I know there's a big hobby following there, um, and it's all picture-based. But for Twitter, as I built a following, I would have more and more people, whether they're new to collecting or wanted to get in, with questions. And so I would answer those, and they would spur blog posts about you know saving on shipping, mm-hmm. saving here, saving there, what what to do. So as kind of a side, I, I want to um, help others because collecting a million cards and especially doing it by trade gets very expensive mm-hmm. in postage alone. Yep. And so trying to save as much as possible here and there. Yep. When I started the project, I had no idea about PayPal shipping. Right. I had no idea about uh, large flat rate gaming boxes where you right. can yep. squeeze in 2,000 more cards than yep. a normal box. So those are tips that were passed on to me that I want to share sure. to the audience um, as well. So that's kind of another, you know, little, I wouldn't call it a side project, but, you know, a, you mentioned peripheral, a yep. peripheral that just to help fellow collectors save, because most of us, the money that we save in the hobby yep. is just being redistributed right. back into the hobby. Yep. Cool. You've written about a few of the more unique deals you've come across collections that you've purchased things like that what do you have one specific trade that is your most memorable trade that you've Um, done so far the the oddest trade was it actually came um, it was the root of it was a craigslist collection that i bought which was you know an amazing collection but in it were a bunch of 70s non-sports cards. Okay. And there was one box specifically that was basically just junk cards. And um, I've already gone through and I've had to throw away some of the cards because they're just in terrible beat-up condition. There was a row of, I don't know what, Planet of the Apes cards or something from the late 70s, like 78, 77. And there was a piece of gum stuck. It was a Topps card. So there was a piece of gum stuck to the back. And I just, I took a picture, it's unique. So I took a picture of it, posted it on Twitter, and within 10 minutes I had somebody that wanted to trade for it. And I'm like, really? And he collects old pieces of gum. Okay. And it's like, so there's, that's what you learn that there's so many other collectors that have unique things and, you know, it's all fun. So he sent me Cubs cards, I sent him a 40-year-old piece of gum. Did you Now, was the gum still attached to the card? It was. And did you take special care so that it would arrive still attached <laughs> I, to the gum and not break loose? In the well, m- I, I packaged it up like okay. I would a, okay. a normal yeah. eBay transaction. Okay. It was in a penny sleeve. Yeah. I put it in a top loader, so yeah. it was protected. Okay. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. So what what, did, what do your friends and family say about this this project? You joke sometimes with your, your wife being on board and off board, depending <laughs> yeah. on how the basement yeah. uh, living room looks. But if I keep it organized, she's, she's, she's happier with it. They know I'm ambitious with, with these goals. Um, it's not the first crazy goal that, um, that I've done. When I worked in radio, would have been in 2010, I broadcast high school basketball games in, in Illinois. And I set out to one year, like in 2009, I'd broadcast, um, or 08, I broadcast like 92 basketball games through the course of the, the season. And I thought, I'm going to go for 100. So I did the following year, and I blogged each game that I broadcast and um, kind of the background, the stories, the people I talked to. 
Um, so it's kind of a personal interest piece along the journey to broadcast 100 games. So I did, I think, 112. So then I'm like, well, I'm going to do 150 in 2010-11, which is, in the scope of things, is similar to collecting a million baseball cards because 150 basketball games over the course of a season comes out to average between 9 and 10 broadcasts per week. And obviously there's no games on Sundays. Right. You have holidays in there. So that's like on average I had to broadcast, you know, one and a half games per night, which usually there's only one game right. per night. So I had to do six game shootouts. I, sure. You know, I think I six or seven was the most. I traveled all over the state, and I finished with I think 153 was was the total. So when I set out to do that, you know, I had some family and friends like that's impossible. Like you have to like you can't take a sick right. day for four months. Right. Like that's every day for four months. And the first week that I set out to do it, it's like I don't think I can do this for four straight months. Yeah. So it was a chore. And um, you did it. And, and yeah, it was accomplished. All right. It hit 153, and uh, yeah, it was, and it was something that you know I was in my 20s, so. Sure. Um, it was definitely something that, uh, you know, there's a lot of memories from, you know, a lot of th- things that happen on the road when you're traveling throughout the, the, the rural Illinois countryside. So so you like a challenge. We, we, we've learned that, right? <laughs> you, um, you're about a third of the way through it, a little over a third of the way now? Uh, almost to a third. Almost to a third. Yeah. So about a third of the way through it, a um, year and a half or so into it, right? Yep. What what have you learned about yourself along the way? You know, I think I've learned... Boy, that's a tough question. I've learned... I haven't... What What's the, the saying? They, um, I can't think of the saying. Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've improved on, on things. I haven't mastered anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've learned a lot about social media. Mm-hmm. I've gotten, I've dug more into the analytics of social media, and I'm a marketing major, so that's kind of okay. always been something that, that I've been interested in. Organization, I've continued to be very disorganized, but I've improved on my organization. Uh, my wife will probably disagree because she is like Mrs. Organized. <laughs> so I think I've improved on on some of those things just to streamline um, and being more efficient. You know, I've learned more about, you know, savings and, you know, <laughs> the value of a dollar. Right. I mean, especially when you're dealing with volume, because along with this, I have an eBay store and, and sell, you know, dollar cards, $2 cards. So just being streamlined, efficient, organized. Yeah, that's good. It's it's one of those things. So even though, despite your new shelf system in the <laughs> in the basement, there's still some some growth that there's, can come yeah. from organization. That's that's good. I don't know. I guess this one is more not so much a specific question because it was more of a thought that I was having as I was preparing for this. I was just kind of curious your take on it. But um, I had kind of noted down and said sometimes it seems like we are we in the hobby community or like a band of misfits <laughs> like like there's in the internet with all the social media the rise of social media has allowed some of us to connect in ways that we otherwise wouldn't sure. have um, if it weren't for social media a lot of us would be one or two offs in our own oh absolutely little little niches and it seems like social media is 
and the internet have provided a, a mechanism for connecting some some like-minded folks and then coming to the national does the same thing mm-hmm. and so i was curious you know we've talked or you know over the last couple of days it's kind of like i think you made a comment even yesterday it seems like i've known some of these guys forever yeah. even though it may have only been for months or whatever but just from those interactions even though we've never met met face to face and that got me thinking about just yeah if it weren't for this there's a little lcs and i know a few guys there but not even those guys have different different focuses sure. or different mindsets around things and so i guess that was kind of leading to have you since you started to get connected on online on doing some of this kind of stuff how does that compare to do you have other local people that you interact with that you collect with that that you have those conversations on or or have some of these relationships really like has that created the community aspect of collecting for you you know now as an adult um i think there's it's it's a larger community now with with the internet where I'm, i'm in madison now and i don't really i've only been there five years and so i know some people in the area but i don't have you know, I don't have a close connection with, with anybody in my area now. When I was in Illinois, I had I worked at Western at WIU, and Dave, the guy that I'm here with, and we go to the Cubs convention and card shows, we've set up at card shows. So he was in town. Um, I had a friend, Kyle. He's moved to, to Minnesota now. Um, so he's more into the memorabilia, but he dabbles mm-hmm. in cards too. And then... There were probably a couple other guys. So we had like a small group Mm -hmm. um, when I was in Illinois. I don't have that in Wisconsin. So that's Mm kind of why social media has been, you know, my outlet to, uh, you know, to to building these connections in the hobby. Cool. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Bo. It's been great getting to know him a little bit better over the last several months. And if you want to follow along on his progress, you can go to onemillioncubs.net or follow him on Twitter at 1MillionCubs. I'd also appreciate it if you took a second to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can visit WaxPackHero.com for more great articles as well as the full archive of podcasts. Also, if you'd like to sponsor the show, feel free to send me a message on Twitter at TheMikeSummer, or you can send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. Thanks, and I'll catch you next time.